Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Armand. And I want to start quickly talking about the homework, how we're doing on giving and receiving compliments. It was funny, almost directly after recording, like within a few hours, I saw something Tiff made. I think it was your um, finished... Uh, figure drawing like that you'd been doing over a long period of time was it or was it my lipstick (laughs) you complimented my lipstick like right after (laughs) and I complimented it and then I felt like I had to add that like this is a completely sincere spontaneous compliment but yeah no I've, I've actually like I've literally been doing what we said like if I'm scrolling and liking something I'll scroll back and first you know just give it a like but then also trying to say something more specific like this is really pretty or this made me happier wow that detail just like give someone that little boost what about you yeah same I'm trying to be more vocal with my compliments of people and things that I like like I will um I will say how something really touches me if I see a piece of artwork and I'm like wow this really speaks to me and and make sure I put that out there and tell the artist that their work affects a person who's out there and not just them. So Mm -hmm. that was, uh, it's always really nice and it feels good to say that kind of stuff. And then I found myself into a situation this weekend with a whole bunch of friends who I haven't seen in a while. And I kind of got showered with compliments and it made me really uncomfortable, but it was kind of amazing. Because you looked fly. (laughs) It was amazing and uncomfortable at the same time. And I remembered our episode and I was trying to be as gracious as possible and not weird about it and not say anything negative about myself um, in a response to the compliment. Just more of a, wow, you know, like (laughs) actually expressing my pleasure and joy and just surprise over receiving the compliments and not bring it down to a negative, um, you know, self-deprecating place. So I think I did a good job. (laughs) Good job. You are good at compliments, Tiff. (laughs) But I was so nervous the whole time. I almost felt like I was a robot activating compliment program protocol number one. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) that's what you got to (laughs) do. So I feel like it'd be kind of weird to not acknowledge stuff that's going on like we're not a news podcast we do get political sometimes but uh i realized yesterday because right now um i don't know how exactly what's going on in in new york and sweden now like they're they've both recommended and like a lot of recommendations banned um groups of people over or gatherings of people over 500 uh and i was going to sell at or help my mom at a market this weekend and we canceled um, I accidentally joked with my siblings that like because it was a miniature things fair, I don't know what you would call it, like miniatures, everybody there was going to be over 60. So it's probably just as well. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, it's I mean, that's a thing to be concerned about. You don't, you know, want to put a population at risk. But slowly over the course of like yesterday in the past few days, at both slowly and sort of all at once, I realized that at least the next couple of markets, including ones where I've already, you know, booked my table and paid, either I'm going to have to cancel before or like pull out before they decide to cancel or they're going to be canceled. Because even if they were going to happen, there weren't going to be a lot of people there. I don't want to risk it, both because I don't want to be a vector and I have crappy airways, so I'm technically a risk group, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. And I realized like it's right now there's no way to tell how long this is going to be an issue. Hopefully, you know, we can contain it. It's gonna, but either way, there's going to be a lot of caution for a long time. And a, a not insignificant portion of my income comes from selling at markets. Mm-hmm. 
like if depending on the year uh pottery can be like a quarter or a third or half of my income and the majority of that is at markets like i sell stuff a i sell well at markets but i also think i sell the kind of stuff that people like to touch that like that's where you fall in love with it and i know that like i'm not the only one a lot of people who are small makers part-time or full-time are gonna find the next however many months or the rest of the year pretty brutal yeah anyone that is required to be in a group situation as part of their profession um is it's going to be tricky i'm even thinking about that for the schools you know like um a whole bunch of large universities are canceling things but then you know there's also art schools in various places that especially cities where everyone has to kind of commute and it's um it's definitely affecting a lot of uh people who make and in creative fields and in any field really and it's just um, yeah, so it's just more, it's one of those things to think about. Yeah, because uh, a lot of, you know, conventions and conferences are canceling, yep. uh, which, again, I think I think is a good thing to be cautious. But, for instance, um, Emerald City Comic Con uh, canceled, I think, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Seattle. And that is, you know, one of the big cons where small makers will go and they will sell a lot. And, you know, they a lot of the times they've put a large amount of money to be able to make stock so when when the conventions are canceled they're out all this money and may have a hard time selling it because it's you know it's hard to find like a physical geek audience uh, and it's hard to you know market yourself and everything and for instance after emerald city comic-con and i've seen this in other places people will start making lists and like recommending the people who were going to be at for instance at an artist's alley at mm-hmm. like comic-con type places so that you can find them and support them you know maybe they've made um, city specific merch like they have a special uh, nerdy Seattle pin or something and mm-hmm. they can't they can't use that at, at the next con if there's going to be a next con in the next few months so I think I mean always support your local small artists but maybe maybe think about that when you don't go to a market either because it's canceled or because you want to be careful and you know that you were going to buy stuff because you like things, maybe, you know, if you can find a vendor's list or if you can find, you know, Facebook groups that recommend local makers or makers who are going to travel. Uh, like, we're, we're not the main victims, but I think it's easy to to forget the people who, yeah, who have to be somewhere. But I have, like you said, with the art schools, I have considered, because in just a couple of weeks, I have to travel to the third set of days for my... um creative making class Mm -hmm. so you have like uh, train stations especially the big one in stockholm pretty chaotic i Mm -hmm. bet it's gonna be i bet it's gonna be empty but and then on the train i have this theory that any mode of transportation where people take their jackets off they immediately feel more comfortable and like gross so like trains and planes gross subway not as gross and also people think the subway is gross so they don't want to touch anything so anyway uh, (laughs) but but you know train travel and then i'm going to be arriving at a fairly large university and you know all that stuff so i'm like should you know what 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 do i do and you because you commute into town or into into town (laughs) like new york is this cute no into the big city how how do like are you gonna because you you can't i mean i suppose you could ask Marco to pose for you, but <laughs> that's a big ask. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I don't have a professor walking around telling me what I'm doing wrong. So definitely <laughs> still need that. But yeah, it's, um, 
it's now it's kind of weighing the idea of, you know, do I want to add to the risk? Do I want to, um, you know, just push through and be like, it's going to be okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, um, it's a tricky situation. I think everyone wasn't prepared here or many, many places to actually think about and consider as a, you know, uh, a, a something that could actually happen, like these large conferences being canceled and schools being canceled and everything, um, shutting down for a temporary amount of time. I think everyone is totally fine with it all happening. Like everyone wants to be as helpful as possible, but at the same time, it's such a surprise that like we never expected, like, of course this wouldn't be canceled. It's such a big event, but Oh yeah, it, it can be. And as you were saying before, um, before we actually started recording, we had a little chit chat and we were saying you, you had mentioned the idea of scoping out your favorite makers and like going to their Etsy page. And you, you just mentioned that now, but I think that that's a really good point is there are ways to continue making that I think that we should encourage, uh, just as a way, a new way of thinking a little bit, like go on to their Etsy pages, go on to their websites, you know, buy a little something to help them out because they're going to be struggling. Or if you are taking classes, maybe um, purchase someone's online class and take it, you know, for a few weeks if you can't get to where you need to go. So um, there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, I, I like that you said also online classes, because that's also one way that makers make some of their money. Like I'm not they do. I'm not a huge fan of those like you know become an entrepreneur classes and then the class is all about how you become a coach for other entrepreneurs oh yeah but no, i'm you, not talking about those <laughs> but you can find you know either you know on on youtube has a lot of like tutorials and inspiration that kind of thing skillshare is a pay site we're not sponsored but like mm -hmm. you can find those things that are a way to support people because if we're going to be stuck inside like i joke that that's how i prepare for the apocalypse is lots of things that doesn't require electricity yeah. but now we even have electricity so you can watch netflix while you craft like i'm because the part of the time where i'm not at markets or in my pottery studio you know i'm a freelancer i'm basically self-quarantining anyway so I, that mm -hmm. won't be that big of a change i know how to do that but it's just like it's good to be like uh in, in knitting there's this uh phrase sable stash acquired beyond life expectancy like you're <laughs> you're good but i'm like you know i look at the boxes behind me i'm like see see who was right this is good we're going to be quarantined. <laughs> Which is funny because our topic today is about letting go of crafts and things that you haven't done before. And now we're like, hmm, but wait a minute. I might have a use for this <laughs> thing that I haven't used in a while because I might be stuck inside for longer than expected. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning sort of uh, like a montage sequence in a movie of either, you know, Groundhog Day where he has time to learn to do everything or like all the things that you will do to make time go by like okay i'm gonna get super good at card houses or something but yeah no that's actually a good point you could either just like do the things that you like because you have all the stuff at home or like this is when you get really really good at popsicle stick <laughs> something i can't think of anything but yeah <laughs> so yeah so like tiff said we're gonna talk about sort of letting go and and giving up and I, I'm so sorry because as I have, you all will now have that that Frozen song stuck in your head for the rest of this episode. We, you know, we tend to come back a lot to, you know, keep at it, keep practicing, keep working, st you know, find your pace and your level. You don't have to be the best, but just do it. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it's also important to to give up. You know, it's like I feel like it's a dirty word or two words like, you know, the phrase giving up. It sounds like like 
you know, like giving up, like you're not going to try anymore. You're just going to sink back into your swamp of misery. Mm -hmm. A quitter is someone whose whole thing is that they quit things, they leave, they give up on things. And it's it's really hard to know when you're giving up because, you know, you're dejected or you you don't want to. And then when to, to give up and let go because it's not serving you or... You know, even if it's it's not fun. Like, I, I is, do you think that this is not fun is a legitimate reason to let go of either a specific project or a, a larger section of craft? I mean, definitely, if it is something that you're doing as a hobby, your hobby should be fun. You know, I mm-hmm. think that there are a lot of work situations that you just need to plow through that you're just like, you know what, this isn't fun. I don't want to do this anymore. And you need to finish the project before deciding I can't, I won't take on another project like this one because it wasn't fun. I think that that's fine, but giving up in the middle of a project that you owe somebody and you're just like, this isn't fun. I'm out of here. Like you no, don't do that. But it is, uh, (laughs) it's totally fine when it's your hobby or something that's supposed to be making you relax or give you joy or i mean if you if you got a hobby to calm yourself and it's stressing you out you got to get a new hobby like you can't you can't do that to yourself just because I take you offense to this it. because i get frustrated <laughs> by everything because i'm bad at stuff no but like so do you do you feel like there's a difference between letting go of a project and giving up on a project hmm giving up implies frustration of like i'm giving up i'm flipping this table i'm setting everything on fire right like that's that to me is like i'm giving it up whereas letting it go is just like ah, i'm not into that anymore and just letting it kind of like drift out to sea or fade away those are two different situations where you just like either give it up in a in a fit of flames or or you let it coast out of your life um i like that i also like like because i think if you give up on something it's like you know there's no hope for this anymore just like Mm -hmm. and and letting it go i think can also include because i agree with you like it's more of a you know float away it doesn't have to be viking pyre but you're but i feel like (laughs) there's also sometimes an aspect of like you know let it go if it was meant to be it'll come back to you Mm. yeah like if you if you if you let it go because you don't have again you don't have to set it on fire it's satisfying but like uh you can let it go by just like i am i'm dropping this project and you can put it somewhere and let it wait for you mm-hmm. again this goes a little bit against our organization thing but but sometimes you can be like well what it needed was it needed a little time to to mature or mm-hmm. or ferment <laughs> or you needed a nap and a cookie like but 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 like you can by letting it go also maybe let go of a number of of pressures and things that were maybe what made it not fun. But then I think you also can just like, I release you into the world, either this idea or this canvas or whatever. Does everything have to be fun? Um, no. Cause like prepping a, prepping a canvas, for instance, not in and of itself that fun, right? Uh, I kind of find it fun. Okay. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like there are parts of it where you're like, this this is this is part of it i don't it doesn't necessarily have to be unfun it's just like this is just a neutral part of the process does does everything have to be hard then like should you is that what it takes to grow i think this is one of the sort of fundamental questions that we always come back to i mean you could also go even deeper than that and be like what is fun 
you know, like, is it like laughing and giggling and like having all those endorphins and making you feel like you're spinning around in the springtime? Or is it just like, I'm satisfied with everything. I'm distracted and busy. Uh, you know, like, can that be also fun or the joy of having a finished project? That's, I guess could be fun, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that's an outcome. People do a lot of things that they get through, like you said, different parts of a project. Every single little part doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, I'm just beaming at this. This is amazing. My life is so good. Bunnies and rainbows. Like, <laughs> I like your art process. I want to come, <laughs> come hang out with you. That's what's happening in my brain the whole time. No, no, no. I mean, like if you're painting something that's really personal and moody and a little upsetting, like, yeah, that's not fun, but it feels cathartic and good. Like that's still something that's helpful and therapeutic and all of those wonderful things that art or making can be for you. It doesn't necessarily have to be bunnies and rainbows. Yeah. And no, I, I, I agree with what I think you were saying before. Like you can see if we put like fun in little quotes and be like, that is the placeholder for the thing that you want out of the thing, like good feeling um, that it can be to see like, what am I doing this for either this thing or this, this craft? What is it doing for me? Is it, you know, is this just, uh, like a nice way to use my hands or waste some time or whatever or is the fun in the part like you know is it serving the purpose that I think I'm using this for uh, because you can have things that are like okay actually like 65% of this thing is not fun and actually kind of annoying but it's worth it for the parts that are fun or like I really love the rest of the process or I really really love the the final stage of of you know painting on the gloss but if it's like okay 65 percent of this i don't like and i'm actually like i'm only at a b minus on the the last 35 percent then maybe you can just be like doesn't serve me there's also that type of fun where you can you know maybe take a, a test class or like you know you just try out an activity with somebody like i don't know one of those like drinking and paint nights or something like that right and you could be like oh that was fun but that's it. Like, that's where the fun <laughs> dies is it was a fun thing to have done, but you don't want to do it again. And I think that everyone kind of knows that feeling. Where the class was almost the the process in and of itself. Like, the, the, the class was the point. Right. Or, like, the friends you were with and, like, the, you know, the hanging out. That was fun. The friends we made along the way. Oh, yes. The friends <laughs> we made. The, it, so those are a lot of different reasons for fun. But when you think about giving up or letting go of a project because it isn't fun, I think that that's more of a deeper, more long-term decision. Whereas if every time you pick up this craft or you pick up this uh, creative endeavor, maybe it's even writing or baking or what have you, if every time you do it, it feels less and less fun and it's you put off doing it to do other things, then maybe it's time to let it go. Uh, this, you know, that happened to me with jewelry making that happened to me with knitting and stuff. Like I just, I, I liked it. It knitting something, which I could only knit a long scarf, which is fine. I, uh, <laughs> I knit a hat cause that's kind of a scarf in a circle, but like it is, it was fun, you know, like I enjoyed it, but now thinking about doing that, I'm like, ah, I rather do something else that, doesn't feel as fun to me as something else that I would want to do or want to make. I think maybe that rather is kind of a key word or concept here too, because, you know, people are very different when it comes to crafting because 
you know, we have different amounts of time, different amounts of energy. And also I think we're different. People are different when it comes to how intense you are with your craft. You know, like some people, you, you do a bunch of different things depending on what you feel like and what, what the space is like or whatever. And some mm-hmm. people want to really like be, you know, sort of deep into and good at and you, and which means that if they pick up more crafts, it's probably going to be really frustrating because you, you most people won't have the time to really get intensely deeply good at you know eight different crafts right and so if if you're the kind of person who's like i want to be able to spend tons of time on knitting because it's the thing that makes me happiest then it's like okay so i still i still do think that you know cross stitch or embroidery is fun but i if given the choice between the two i would much rather be knitting so maybe I should let go of this other thing not because it's not serving me but because if I have to choose for the sort of context or framework of how I feel about crafts do you know what I mean like yeah um I have a question for you uh based on that assumption now if you have a whole bunch of supplies at home right mm-hmm. so you have well, let's just use knitting as an example where you can either knit or you have like a whole bunch of crocheting stuff and you have like one of those embroidery shuttles and you have just like every kind of different um fiber art uh accoutrement that you can possibly imagine using yarn and a thing for i'm sure i don't know what you mean Sure. I'm sure I don't know what you mean either. I'm just making all of this up out of my brain. Uh, it is, is it, does it behoove you to kind of get rid of the clutter of the other options that are just kind of hanging around because you always just go to the knitting needles or the crochet hook? Like, you know, there's the two main things that you love to do the most. You got the other stuff because you're like, I like fiber things and this is something interesting I could try. And maybe you never actually got into trying it. Maybe you tried it once and you just keep not doing it because you're way better and faster at knitting and that's what you want to spend your time doing. Should you clear out, like we had the whole, you know, downsizing, (laughs) cleaning episode, should you get rid of all of that extra clutter of the things to do so that way when you do go to pick up your knitting, you're happier that... I have fewer choices. I don't have to feel bad about, you know, leaving behind all of the tiny little fiddly uh, threads to make (laughs) doilies that I'm never going to make because what am I going to do with doilies? But like, it's, it's one of those things. Or do you keep it around because that is just like all of the things that you like. You like all fiber art, so it's nice to have it all around, but you're only using half of it. So... I'm kind of in that predicament. Like, what do you do with these kind of things? I don't know. I think you really, really have to be sort of honest with yourself there. Because, yeah, they they can make you happy because they're part of the sort of whole textile world. But do you have them because you like the thought of yourself as a textile person? Like, you want to, like, they make you happy and and they're, like, part of the thing. You want to try them all. And just, like, be 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 honest and open with yourself like am I actually ever going to get to this because some things you can be like well I do sometimes embroider or it's good to have a small kit around because sometimes you want to do a little thingy on like the breast of your cardigan or something like but maybe you don't need to have a stash that is meant for someone whose main craft is embroidery like that's I think the main thing like if you're gonna do the sable thing for every craft and for every part of that craft because like I, you know, I I don't know if I'm sable with knitting, but I try to make sure I'm definitely could easily be sable 
for like sketchbooks and watercolor books and all that stuff. But I try not to say what Sable is one more time. Stash acquired beyond life expectancy. There we go. Thank you. Just want to <laughs> just want to put that out there one more time good. because good, I good, good. forgot, <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners did too. And I, I but them. but I I try to not get to that with all of the crafts that I like, yeah, or that I do sometimes, or that I'm like want to have at home in case I suddenly feel like doing it. So you don't need a full, you know, 800 colors set of embroidery floss. Yeah. Do you need a craft store like in your back room or in your basement or in bins? Like, do you need like, do you need to go only go shopping in your own house because you have all these supplies and you just like, oh, whatever whim I have, I'm going to to completely indulge it. But really, when you think about it in the last year, how many times have you dipped into the whim stash? You know, that is pretty telling. A lot of the times you can have a a pretty small stash if you suddenly be like, today is the day that I'm going to watch YouTube and I'm going to learn eight kinds of embroidery stitches and knots. It doesn't really matter if you only have one shade of green and it's not the exact same one out of the 18 ones they use, you know? And I think that that's where it is like letting go. And a lot of it, I think it is letting go of the idea of yourself as this sort of, I was going to say polymath, that's not the word, but like uh, this sort of Renaissance person who does all the things and hopefully is also good at them. Like it's, it's okay even if you want to try embroidery, you know, be honest with yourself. Do you have time? Are you going to make time? Are you going to make it a priority? Would you rather? And then, yeah, let go of that idea of yourself. I just recently got rid of a ton of knitting books because I was looking at the projects in there and I'm like, I'm never doing this. Like this isn't happening. You know, like when I do end up knitting, it's the, my straight line scarves and I'm happy with that. You know, like that, that's all I need to knit. Uh, I'll leave the knitting up to Julia and it's just like, but that that's, that's definitely one thing too is cause like knitting books can make you happy the same way that tons of instruction books for whatever you like to do. They make you happy because you have them and maybe like there's one or two pages in there that are useful. But a lot of the times it is like, well, you know, there actually isn't anything in here that's, mm-hmm useful anymore because maybe I got way better and I don't need to keep a book of the very basic techniques anymore. Or if if you're letting go of a craft, having a whole bunch of help books that you're just like, you know what, no matter how many books are sitting on my shelf, I'm not going to be using them to help me get better because I'm not interested in this anymore or I can never get myself interested in it. And maybe another step of letting go of a craft is letting go of all those books and it's right back to our (laughs) clutter episode you know like cleaning out a lot of that stuff or maybe even putting it in a holding pen is a really good way of letting go of a craft incrementally you know packing up all of the things like I have so many needle felting things because they're just so cute the packaging it's so cute and the little pictures of their cute little needle felted puppy faces. I just absolutely love it. Uh, Have I done any? I made an ugly fox. I made one ugly (laughs) fox and it fell apart. (laughs) But, and then I packed it all up. And so I haven't gone back to it. I really want to, but I probably should give that one up. When it comes to like the the projects themselves, like in, in the midst of making them, are you more of a letter goer or a pusher honor? Ooh, yes. In terms of like, I'm, I sat down, I decided to do this thing. Do I finish it or do I just let it go midway when I realize that I'm not that into it? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's not that into you, craft. Let's see. Uh, I tend to 
push through the first one. Then I start a second and I just stop. So a little of both. <laughs> Would you mean like a, a, you start a second one of the same thing? Like, um, okay, yes. I need to do, I do, an, I need to do another um, still life. Yeah. And then you're like, like do- I'm not good right away. It's not fun or. Yeah, I'll do the first one being like, I got to get through it because practice, right? And it's like, I, I will get through it to try doing it for real. And then I'll start my second one. And if I'm not feeling it, that one I'll stop halfway through and just mm-hmm. abandon. So what about you? Which way do you do it? I think my main, I don't necessarily want to call, call it a problem, but my main, let's just call it a strategy. I'm a pauser. Okay. So like, I don't sort of acknowledge or actively make the decision that I'm letting go of something I'm more like I'll put it away so I'm maybe doing that not even doing the thing of like I need to pause this because it's not fun it's like I'll come back and be like oh right I was you know a third of the way through this lace shawl or cardigan or whatever and sometimes it's because something else was more fun and in my line of sight Mm -hmm. and took up the next couple of weeks and then sometimes that does mean that I drop that thing because it's not fun anymore and I'll let it go with knitting specifically it's also very satisfying to rip up a large knitted project like it can it can be sad if you're like you know dang it this didn't come out right but if it's like I don't I don't like this anymore I don't want this anymore to just like rip it out is it's a very satisfying form of like destruction and and going backwards yeah i've painted over a canvas before uh, something that i painted i started over that was satisfying but now i look back and i'm like i kind of wish i had it to compare of how Mm -hmm. bad that was with what i'm doing now but instead i painted over it i think for me also I don't know if you relate at all, but I'm an overthinker. <laughs> so I, I really? very much do Are I you? very much do <laughs> I very much do get stuck in that weird like seesaw or or spiral of am I giving up because I'm lazy and bad, or should I be giving up because this isn't serving me, or am I trying to convince myself that it's serving me because I am in fact actually lazy and bad? And then I'm like, I don't even know what I actually feel anymore. And that goes not just for art, but for a lot of things where I'm like, who who actually knows me of the different, like, all of the 18 devils and angels fighting on my shoulder? Does any of them actually know me enough to understand to tell me what's right? Well, there's also the idea of starting a new project. And a lot of times when that project is involving other people, that's not just yourself. I think that there are... I hate group projects. I I think that there are different (laughs) um, criteria for the idea of giving it up, right? Like stepping Mm -hmm. away from a group that you know you're not working out with or maybe even, you know, just abandoning the project altogether and like calling it quits for the group as like an ambassador, um, you know, speaking for everybody. That's a trickier thing to deal with. Um, I'm actually, I'm, I'll put it out there. I'm thinking about that with like, we draw Wednesdays, you know, I feel like right now there's a lot of screaming into the void. A few people really enjoy it and I find it really fun, but at times I'm too busy to do it myself Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have enough momentum right now to kind of run on its own very much. And I'm like, 
Should I just let it go? Should I plow forward? Am I just, am I letting it go because I'm lazy? Am I letting it go because I got busy with other things? Am I letting it, am I letting it go for the wrong reasons? Should I plow on and keep going because it's the stuff that succeeds that ends up pushing past that point of screaming into the void and makes it to the other side, you know? It's it's very tricky that kind of stuff. With with projects like that, like generally, you know, online projects, there is a weird sort of turning point, and you'd never know what it is or why. That's the thing. Like with with and not just online, like with certain projects, you have to decide very much. Like I'm gonna, I have to keep going past where, you know, periods of time where it doesn't feel fun. But that still is no guarantee, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like from a from a personally selfish point of view, I love We Draw Wednesdays. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> See, that's helpful. That's helpful to hear. <laughs> and like even even because I've had a couple of weeks where you know it, it varies. Like, do I have time to even remember to ask people? Do I have time to draw? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always love seeing it. Like, was it last week or the week before? We where you were just like everybody draw blueberries yeah and i was like i have i have no idea what this is happening but i'm seeing 18 blueberries in my feet and i love it <laughs> you know like just like those things like there it is very enjoyable um but yeah, then that like, was my attempt to shock a little bit of life into a, a wednesday <laughs> and be like all right a little something different uh, this blueberries <laughs> yeah no and that's where again when you where you think about because you know right at the beginning you sort of rejiggered what you wanted out of it. And mm-hmm. then maybe you have to, again, think about like, okay, um, do I have some sort of specific measurement to this that means success? What I want out of it? Is it, is it like numbers? Is it community? Is it uh, a book deal with Oprah? Is it like, you know, <laughs> I like mean, th- that it's co- always a book deal with, o- that is always Obviously. success. But, it- <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, and then either think about like, okay, am I, am I approaching that? Um, is that still important? Has that changed again? Am I doing all the things I could be doing? Like, have I called Gail and her people? You know, like, but then also be like, well, you know, maybe it's okay if it's not a success because it's it turns out that it's fun enough, um, and then you accept that like growth is slow online or whatever. It's just like, or you have like I have my twenty core uh, Wednesdayers, and we like each other and we have fun, and these people are better at drawing than they were three months ago because Mm -hmm. they've been drawing every Wednesday. And I think that's true for, again, coming back to specific projects, specific crafts where you're like, either I'm not good right away. So I don't want to, or I am not improving at the rate that I want to. So this isn't fun. Mm -hmm. Or you get on a plateau. And it's also like all, you know, self-given, like the rate of improvement, you know, you, Mm everyone's rate of improvement is different. And a lot of times people put pressure on themselves to improve quickly because again, you are usually surrounded by seeing the best of everyone's best. And it's like, why aren't I getting better faster? And it is, it's like a lot of that thing where you get stuck in, you know, when do I give this up? And I think there's another question in there. How much practice have you given yourself? before giving up. I think that there is a lot of times you can trick yourself into thinking, oh, I draw every single day. It's like, well, do you, do you draw every day? Or did you like skip a week and then you drew once the next week because you just got busy. And it's like, are you not improving because you're just not improving or you just haven't made time to improve yet? And it's almost like keeping a food journal. People are always surprised about what they're eating during the day, uh, whatever your outcome goal is for keeping a food journal. But like it is one of those things like, 
keep a journal of how much you're practicing this thing that you might want to be giving up. And if you're just, if you're giving it up because you feel like you're not getting any better, why not start evaluating how much you're actually practicing? Yeah. And another level of like, be honest with yourself. Now I, I feel again, I've been personally attacked. No, I don't. But <laughs> Because I I'm think attacking it is, myself, so don't worry. Yeah, we're we were both, but like I feel like it's also very easy with making an art and craft to like it, it. It can stay part of your identity for a very long time on very little feeding. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're, if someone's just like, "Oh, I love reading." And you're like, oh, what are you reading right now? And suddenly they realize that they haven't, for whatever reason, like this is not an accusation, but for whatever reason, maybe they haven't, you know, picked up an actual book in several months. Ooh, me. Or if you're like, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, like you can still be a reader, but that maybe should be like, okay, uh, and you can still call yourself a reader. Like I'm not the, the arbiter of that. But if you're like, well, you know, I'm a, I love to draw and again, not judging and life has its thing but if you're like oh i'm you know i i love to draw it's a big part of who i am i love to do it and then you've realized that you you know you've let go of that without realizing right it's like well where's your sketchbook there's nothing in your sketchbook like it's empty i don't even know where my sketchbook is it's (laughs) like well then what about all that drawing you're doing and i think it sometimes it is also important to let go of those things like for a while Mm -hmm. if you feel like you know i've lost my knitting mojo or my drawing mojo or everything is just coming out bad maybe you do like maybe you're you know taking up eat a cookie needs to be several months long because you're being really hard on yourself and this is not the time to try to force it or to um create moments for yourself to be hard on yourself Mm -hmm. uh and uh, hopefully nobody asks you what your hobbies are, so you have to decide if you say you're a knitter or not. But like, to 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 intentionally pause things and allow yourself to be like this. This is not serving me right now for what I need right now. I need to either find a more fun hobby or I'm just gonna read very very simple fluffy comic books about happy bunnies for a while because that is what I have the mental juice for or the physical juice and like giving up. For a while, I think is very, very legitimate and sometimes important and not be like, well, everything is going bad or I don't have the time and energy. So obviously I'm not committed enough to knitting, painting, uh, metalwork, <laughs> but just be like, no, it's it's just not either you have to change uh, your timing or priorities, like try to make that space or there just isn't that space. Don't beat yourself up about it just like all right this is this is going in my little timeout drawer mm-hmm. there are a lot of drawers and boxes and cabinets here in my in my uh, <laughs> mental palace apparently as we usually talk through subjects like this and we, we kind of come to the conclusion of the show and and we we end up pep talking ourselves Suddenly understand what we actually feel yeah we we start understanding we finish our test talk and we start really understanding it i think that a good way to look at this is to think about meeting somebody. And I think that this kind of brings together a lot of the discussions we've been having over the last couple episodes. But here with the idea of giving something up and and letting things go that aren't working for you and really focusing on the things that do. So you meet this person or a friend and they ask you, you know, what have you been up to? What have you been doing? And you think about them asking this for about you. And what you feel the most proud about telling them about and what you kind of have the most information for follow-up questions to offer is pretty telling on like what you're about and what you want to spend your time doing 
and and letting go of the stuff that you kind of had the fantasy of doing because you can't talk about fantasies you know you can only talk about things that you've done I'm getting really good at <laughs> color coordinated Pinterest boards. Like, yeah, exactly. You can think yourself to death with what you want to do or what you're inspired by, but I think what you are actually clearing out the clutter of the things that you don't really want to do and that just look appealing because someone else does it really well doesn't mean that you it's it's for you. You can admire other people for their work. Uh, all day like that's the if if you want to knit and you say like oh I can knit but I'm not really that into it then go on Etsy and buy a, a hand knit sweater you know and appreciate <laughs> someone else putting in that effort and then that way that leaves a lot of room for yourself and your crafts yeah and understand that handmade things cost a lot of money I yes. really like that idea of like if someone asks you what you've been up to but I do want to also maybe contradict part of what you were saying in agreement in that you could also use it as if someone asks you what you've been up to, what would you want to be able to tell them? Not yes. like not like in the sense of, you know, I wish I wish it was a little bit taller, I wish it was baller, but like <laughs> I I want to be able to talk about the things I've been knitting or how I've finally figured out how to make a tree look like a tree. Exactly. That's the thing like now you should think about that when this person comes up into your life and you start talking about it, have that stuff ready. Like make that decision now that these are the th- these are the fantasy things I want to be able to tell like talk about and and make them real or it, even if your like first instinct is to say like you know if someone asks you what do you do and your instinct is to say oh, I'm a knitter then then do that for yourself like make make the words mm-hmm. also true yeah i also want to very briefly touch on uh letting go of finished things like literally just like yeah I, i'm 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 done with having this how how do like do do you do you do it a lot? Um, I just got let go of a lot of the finished jewelry pieces that I made that were just sitting around that I had an Etsy store for like ten years ago, uh, just <laughs> hanging around that no, like nothing ever sold. And I gave them to my mom to sell at. She has a little store, you know, and she might go and sell them there or donate them to a thrift shop. I don't care. It's um, I just kind of let them go. I'm like, you know what? I can't keep this stuff around anymore because right now the value is decreasing just sitting in a box in my house and mm-hmm. it's also mentally taxing as clutter and it just it needs to go and I look at the things that I have now around that I've made like paintings or things and if it's on my wall and I'm proud of it and it still makes me happy it stays if it's something I used as like a, I'm practicing how to make this and it's a hideous monster, like my felted <laughs> fox, it goes in the garbage um, or it is, um, you know, donated out to somewhere or I let my kid play with it or, you know, that kind of thing where it just, I'm letting it go in a sense of it might eventually become garbage, but the good stuff sticks around. Because I I sometimes find that hard. Like I could see because I I think we've talked a little bit about it, maybe off the air, about like it's it's hard to sometimes let go of the stuff you don't love as much because you don't want that to be the thing of you that is out in the world. Mm. Well, you could just send it out anonymously, like in a yard sale. (laughs) Just be like, I don't know how I acquired this ugly thing. (laughs) I made it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like because because for me. Like, I don't want to give too much, like, I try not to give seconds to, uh, like, thrift stores or whatever, but I also don't want to throw them away because that's wasteful and not very environmental. 
and and also with like knits where you're like okay sometimes i will like i'll just knit a bunch of baby stuff because i know people have babies so i can you know just rotate that out of my mm-hmm. house but then i'm like i still love all these shawls i i have one neck i have 365 days in a year half of those need shawls uh or if i don't love them anymore and then it's hard to be like but i you know i still love this as a thing or wh- who would want it you know like and it's it's and what is so bad about sending it off to a thrift store like what's so bad like if you've stopped let's say you've stopped loving it you don't feel it to be good enough to give as a gift to someone or or you've you've, you've already like used it most of the time uh what's so wrong with just because you made it sending it off to a second life somewhere um you know people do that all the time with things that they've bought and mm-hmm. you know a lot of times things were made by people so why not just send off the things that you made also I think with with hand knits, it's also that, you know, they may be like they they might have some pilling under the armpits or something where like, will a thrift store want to sell this? Because they, you know, they don't understand that in just like minimum wage hours, this is an $800 sweater. Then again, like I love seeing hand knits in stores. I don't necessarily buy them. But my favorite thing, I love seeing obviously, you know, hobbyist paintings in thrift stores. Sometimes, like sometimes, I almost want to buy them, and like I, I, we don't have that much wall space left. Otherwise, I probably would, because you have that, like, you know, there are a lot of words in like art history and art theory that point to a sort of you know naive beginner thing that you spend a lot of times trying to get back to mm-hmm. often. Yeah, the ease of it. Well, here's an example. Um, Marco and I, one of the very first like actual paintings we bought for our home on our wall was a $25 painting at an auction. Like we ended up, we bid up to $25. No one else wanted it. Um, <laughs> it's one of my very favorite paintings to look at in our house. I absolutely adore it. And somebody painted that. Like it's just a somebody's painting. It's not mm-hmm. a somebody. It's just somebody. And it is one of my favorite things. And we bought it at an auction and it would have never been there if someone didn't just like give up stuff that they had, you know, because they made mm-hmm. it and it was there and now it's in my house. And you know what? They might never know where this thing ended up. I mean, maybe it was even made by somebody who passed away and they were cleaning out their house or, or whatever it was, but it still lives on. And so the idea of letting something go in that kind of secondhand market kind of way and kind of letting go, like you said, this was like an $800, uh, you know, hourly thing, <laughs> kind of letting go of that value of it and yeah, more that's important. keeping the value of I, I want it in my life and I like it in my life and not necessarily doling out the value because you're not going to be able to force someone to pay that much unless it's like a brand new item that, you know, you're putting up for sale and those are different situations, but things that you're just like, all right, now it's time for you to go, even though I made you, um, you know, it's, that's, that is the question of, of where. Yeah. And then to contradict myself again, like I think about Ponce's grandmother who, you know, had in her apartment when she passed away, just like, you know, like a foot deep, stacked paintings against the wall against almost every wall and the same kind of stacks at his parents house and on the one hand I'm like well it's sad that they're not displayed because a lot of them are amazing but then I'll just like it's just nice to sort of flip through them and see like you know progression of the different periods what she did and what she experimented with and it's not that I think that like my knits or my pottery is necessarily the same kind of thing where you can see like ah you know this was her bird period Mm -hmm. 
you know, like thinking of yourself as the the kid who has a giant box of all the drawings they've made that their parents have saved since they were two, you know, to, to see yourself as that. This is hard. Like every episode we both like come to a very smart conclusion and then we're both, I think, kind of left like, I need to think more about this. Mm-hmm. I have feel I have feelings and I cannot express them. But I will say the feeling that I can express is, you know, don't do things for my sake, but do things for my sake and, and don't. Don't put We Draw Wednesdays on hiatus because <laughs> it makes me happy and I need to come back to drawing because it's fun. Right now, okay. it's still pretty easy to maintain and it's good, but it's just, uh, it's more, you know, it's, it's, now we're back on We Draw Wednesdays. Like now it's like, you know, <laughs> do I do the big push where I keep screaming louder and louder or do I just kind of like let it settle? You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then, uh, you know, do we throw away all of our paintings so we can flip through them or not? Because there's only so much space in our homes. <laughs> or do we just like paint over and paint over and paint over and then we let our, you know, great grand nieces, uh, x-ray it in 200 years time and be like wow so many penguins under here but we do know for sure that we are going to be letting go of the things that we don't actually do right let go of the things that don't serve you that's right and we are very sure of that (laughs) make room both in your in your life in your time and in your space uh, you can go find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do and we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram and you can hashtag make do pod so we can see what you're chatting about and what you're giving up and what you're keeping and you can find us individually at Tiffany Arment and at Julia Scott S-K-O-T-T we will be back in a fortnight and until then go make room and do